48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. Calm is returning to Chatine after a night of clashes in the Newtown Plaza Mall. The police chief condemns reprehensible protesters while lawmakers question the force's actions. And the mainland's economic growth slumps to its lowest rate in almost three decades. Two people remain in serious condition in hospital after violent clashes between police and anti-extradition protesters inside Chatin's Newtown Plaza last night. The hospital authority said a short time ago that seven people were still being treated for their injuries. The brawl broke out last night after protesters retreated to the shopping centre as they were forced off nearby roads they'd occupied for several hours. It followed a largely peaceful anti-extradition march in Chatin. Police Commissioner Stephen Lowe condemned last night's violence, accusing anti-extradition protesters of losing their minds. Ten officers were injured in the clashes, including one who's said to have had his finger bitten off. Timmy Sung reports. Speaking after visiting injured officers in a typo hospital early this morning, the police commissioner said he was outraged by what he called the reprehensible behaviour of protesters. Stephen Lowe said the situation was getting worse as radical protesters blocked roads, vandalised objects and even attacked officers after anti-government marches in previous weekends. He said protesters who kept attacking a policeman who fell to the ground at the Newtown Plaza Mall had lost their minds. The police chief also defended the force's operation last night, saying officers had a responsibility to enter the shopping centre to make arrests if they knew people who had broken the law were inside. Mr Lowe said his officers were under tremendous pressure and their hard work was not appreciated. When police took action, we were accused of abuse of power. When we took no action, we were criticised for adopting an empty force strategy, Mr Lowe said. He said the force would bring those responsible to justice. Protesters had earlier occupied the junction of Yunwa Road and Shatin Rural Committee Road for several hours, refusing to leave despite police warnings. Civic Party lawmaker Alvin Young said he didn't understand why police had chased the retreating protesters inside a shopping mall. At Newtown Plaza, we saw countless of anti-right police. We have to remind police that this is a closed-door environment and their presence, their mere presence, could make protesters, uh, could trigger their emotions, could make them very worried about their safety. And I have absolutely no idea what on earth the police are thinking about, what sort of a strategy they were trying to adopt. Calm had largely returned to Shatin this morning, with Newtown Plaza open as normal, while workers cleared bricks and other items from the streets. One Shatin resident said she felt upset by the warlike scenes. This Filipino woman, who's been in Hong Kong for eight years, said she hoped normality would return. At first it was actually peaceful, but then afterwards, especially last night, it was really um, scary. But I guess maybe just the discipline or just uh, <laughs> it's a heated, heated agreement about uh, with the police and the rallies. Uh, we hope it will all be, be finished, like no more rally and uh, everything will go back to normal, like peaceful Hong Kong. The office of the chief executive has denied a report that Beijing rejected multiple offers of resignation from Carrie Lam in recent weeks. 
The Financial Times newspaper cited sources as saying Mrs. Lamb had been told to clean up the mess over the extradition bill. Constitutional law scholar Danny Giddings said he wasn't entirely convinced by the denials. That report was denied by the chief executive's office, but not in the sort of strenuous terms that you would normally expect for that kind of story. So we have to watch very closely. Particularly once a report is out like that, suggesting that the chief executive himself has realised that time is up, these sort of things can become almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, Let's wait and see today. I mean, the the story came out on on a Sunday evening. Today's the first working day, and presumably be somewhat stronger denials today, but these denials normally tell their own story in terms of how strenuous they are or otherwise. As I say, the chief executive's office so far, the initial denial yesterday just said the chief executive is committed to serving the people of Hong Kong, which could mean anything. The former Secretary for Transport and Housing, Anthony Jung, says the government must respond in a way that exceeds public expectations if it's to end the current political impasse. He urged the administration to swallow its pride and set up an independent inquiry, not just into the policing of recent demonstrations, but into social conditions more broadly. He declined to speculate on why Chief Executive Carrie Lam hasn't yet set up an inquiry, but he expressed concern that the situation could deteriorate further. I hope that given the current situation, which may deteriorate further, I'm afraid, I think government really has to address the central issues. I think it is important that the general public, I'm not referring to those more extremist views within the community, but the general public has to be persuaded that government has listened because the general public has spoken. Therefore, government has to show that government has listened and some actions will then follow. The Consumer Council says almost half of the 35 hand washes it tested contained preservatives that could cause allergies, including MIT or CMIT. In three cases, preservative levels exceeded European standards. Its checks also found that three products marketed as antibacterial were poor at killing E. coli. Spokeswoman Nora Tam had this advice. You will have to really look at the label of the product and see what kind of chemicals they have, uh, including the pH value, whether they are too acid or too alkaline, whether they have got this MIT, CMIT, or the methanol, or all these other ingredients. And if they say that they are antibacterial, I think you have to pay attention on that. But more important, I think, is the way you wash the hand rather than the hand washer the way and the time you spend to wash your hand. So you must make sure that you wash the hand with the hand washer, uh, with hand wash with at least 20 seconds, and then you rub it all, all over the places, so not only the palm, and you have to rub with the thumb, and you have to rub it between the fingers, fingernails, and so on, and risk. The consumer watchdog also warned people to take care when sucking on cough drops, which were often high in sugar and could cause problems such as mouth pain and breathing difficulties. The watchdog tested 41 throat lozenges. One contained a bactericidal anti-infective that could cause tongue or mouth pain for anyone who took more than eight in a day. Four products contained ingredients that could cause stomach discomfort, facial swelling and breathing problems if taken in excess. And in some cases, as few as six cough drops could contain one-third of a person's recommended daily sugar intake. Ms. Tam said consumers shouldn't rely too much on cough drops.
If you continue coughing or continue with the sore throat, I think you should go and consult your doctor rather than just keep on eating these throat nozzles, which is something that we worry because it's so easy for you to purchase in all these retail shops, including 7-Eleven or supermarkets and so on. That's why a lot of people will keep on eating it. And after you eat it, you might feel better because it really soothes your throat a little bit. But it doesn't cure the, the problem. So for this one, I think you must go and consult your doctor rather than delay treating your, your, your problem. The National Bureau of Statistics says the mainland's economic growth slowed to its slowest rate in almost three decades in the second quarter at 6.2 percent. The, the Bureau spokesman Mao Shenyong blamed worsening economic conditions at home and abroad. He spoke through an interpreter. Generally speaking, the national economy in the first quarter performed within the reasonable range with overall stability and progress. However, we should also be aware that economic conditions are still severe both at home and abroad, with slowing global growth and trade, growing external instabilities and uncertainties. Prominent issues of unbalanced and inadequate development and new downward pressure on economy at home. Taiwan's opposition Guomindang has announced that Han Guoyu has won its presidential primary, beating the billionaire founder of the electronics firm Foxconn, Terry Guo. Mr. Han, who is the mayor of Kaohsiung, will take on President Tsai Ing-wen in January's election. A planned nationwide operation against undocumented migrants in the United States has so far failed to materialize. President Trump has said there would be a series of raids over the weekend against people who had been served with deportation, deportation orders, but by Sunday evening few had been reported. Mayors in the country's largest cities had vowed not to cooperate with immigration agents, including Bill de Blasio of New York. I do know this is not about the security of the people of this country, and it's not about enforcing the law. This is a political act by this president. He has politicized the United States government agency to help him win re-election. That's what's happening right now. And he's stoking fear, and he's trying to pit immigrant against citizen in a way that's very, very cynical. India has been forced to postpone a space mission less than an hour before it was due to launch. Scientists had hoped the Chandrayaan-2 lunar vehicle would become the first to land on the moon's south pole. The BBC's Will Leonardo reports. 56 minutes before the latest show of India's space ambitions was due to lift off, the clock in the command centre stopped and the live feed from the launch pad cut out. Journalists were told minutes later in a tweet that there had been a technical snag with the launch system. India has already successfully orbited the Moon and Mars. Its ambitious Prime Minister Narendra Modi has championed the space programme and increased budgets, but his critics say the money would be better spent tackling poverty at home. New research from Britain suggests that nearly everyone can lower their risk of dementia, even if it runs in their family, by living a healthy lifestyle. This included not smoking, eating a balanced diet and exercising regularly. This report from the BBC's James Gallagher. Okay, knees up in front, arms moving too, and then arms up above. An exercise class is just one way to help reduce the risk of dementia. The researchers said the findings were exciting, empowering, and that people shouldn't feel they were doomed to get dementia, as researcher David Llewellyn explains. Even if you're worried about dementia, maybe you've got a family history of dementia yourself, what our research suggests is that it doesn't matter, you're still likely to reduce your own risk of dementia substantially if you change your healthy life. Lifestyle. Less than 1% of people in the study developed dementia as they were relatively young and in their mid-60s. But living a healthy lifestyle cut their risk by a third. 
Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.1.01 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 83 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,537. That's 65 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $42 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jones. We start with tennis and the longest ever Wimbledon final, which was won by Novak Djokovic. The world number one saved two championship points to successfully defend his title after a thrilling final set tiebreak against Roger Federer. It finished 7-6-1-6-7-6-4-6-13-12 in favor of Djokovic, who admitted to being drained after tying Bjorn Borg by lifting his fifth Wimbledon title. Definitely top two or three uh, in my career against uh, one of the greatest players of all time. We both had our chances and it's quite unreal, to be honest, to, to, to be two match points down and, and, and to come back. and. Uh, it's a bit strange to play uh, tiebreak and 12 all as well. It was the 16th Grand Slam title for Novak Djokovic. He's four behind the record holder Roger Federer. Federer was asked how he felt playing in what was an unforgettable final. I'll try to forget. <laughs> but uh, it was long, it had everything. Uh, I had my chances, so did he. And. Uh, I thought we played some great tennis, so um, in a way I have to be very happy with my performance as well. But uh, Novak, it's great. Congratulations, man. That was, that was crazy. Well done. England are celebrating their first Cricket World Cup title after coming through in one of the most thrilling matches of all time. Their championship final against New Zealand was tied twice. England's higher number of boundaries decided the contest after both sides scored 241 in the match and both scored 15 in the extra super over. Our cricket commentator Sanir Chowdhury watched the match at Lords. He says England deserved credit even though their title was decided on a technicality. I think England fought like champions, uh, never giving up despite the sticky situations that they kept finding themselves uh, in. And on a pitch that was very unlike the kind of uh, pitch that they love to play their uh, brand of cricket on as well. New Zealand, on the other hand, uh, would be sorely disappointed by the turn of their luck. And I don't use uh, luck too often as a, as a deciding factor because things rarely went their way. Uh, it uh, it never got worse than obviously those four overthrows in that last over that resulted uh, from a ricochet of Ben Stokes' bat, and for them to then lose the match on a tight super over because they had hit less, less a number of fours was was heartbreaking, as I said. We finish with football. Algeria have reached the final of the African Cup of Nations after Riyad Mahrez scored a perfectly placed 95th minute free kick against Nigeria. It finished 2-1 for Algeria and they'll play Senegal who got past Tunisia 1-0. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. And that's the end of the news from RTHK. Love one. Here's the thing, guys are all the same. They love.
love you, then they leave you like it's just a game. Did no one tell them that old saying? You only need to find love once. Imagine my reaction. You walked in the room. Oh.